Hello, welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught. It's been a couple of weeks since we last recorded, so I'm a little bit rusty at this. Uh, anyway, this is a podcast where me, Lynn, and my friend, Q... Ali! <laughs> me, uh, talk about the music of R.E.M. as always, very smooth. Yeah, something about you actually saying Q made... <laughs> It made it worse. I think it made it more difficult. Yeah, I'm going to have to stop doing that. Never do that again. (laughs) Uh, So we hit somewhere underneath the bunker, which is the sixth track on Life's Rich Pageant, or is it the fifth track? I don't know. Counting is your job. Okay, yes, you're right. Counting is my job. One, two, three, four, five, five, six, six. (laughs) It's the sixth track on Life's Rich Pageant. It really has been a while. And I don't think we've encountered a track that's quite like this so far. I think that is possibly an understatement, yes. <laughs> uh, how would you like to overstate it? It's very, very, very different. I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say it's a bit odd, but then that, that feels like that would sound kind of a rather prejudiced statement, but it's not traditional alternative rock music that you would normally associate with R.E.M. No, it's not even what I'd associate with songs that are a minute and a half long. No, y- uh, yes. Which I think would be sort of punkier. And, yes, uh, definitely. And rowdier. Yeah, if you see on a track, yeah, that it's a minute and a half, you just go, oh, okay, that'll be like a minute and a half of kind of thrashy nonsense and then you'll be done. Exactly. It's nearly an instrumental but mm. but then it just becomes not an instrumental and just a song with a very long intro yes. as a proportion of the total song length. It's even a very long intro, even for a longer song. But so we've talked around what it isn't musically, but what is it? Would you uh, say what does it what does it make you think of? Uh, it makes me think of your Bane impersonation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, but but that's just because the lyrics are even more kind of buried. Oh, I see. <laughs> Underneath. Sorry, the vocals are even more like buried in right, the mix than, right. than they um, are in many R.E.M. songs. Uh, I actually have a, cof- uh, a, a a mug of tea so I could do my famous Bane impression. Now you just have, have to talk about being in a bunker or something. and it's. I am in a bunker, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what the song is like. That, that, this joke isn't ten years out of date. No. <laughs> All of our jokes are 10 years out of day, Ali. At least. I'm going to stop doing that now. <laughs> what does it remind me of? It reminds me a bit of, oh, this is terrible. What's that song? You know the one. They're like, oh, this is going to sound anything, anyway, phrase this going to sound terrible. They're like Mexican sounding one that is a sort of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it called? That is Miserloo. Or yes, that that. Yeah, one. I can. Obviously, see what... this is not as quite as technical and like fast as that. But no, it's uh, yeah. But I'm definitely getting a Latin American flavor from mm. this song as well. Like I was thinking of mariachi bands and maybe like has a slightly like tango sound to it as well. Yeah, uh, especially the end where it just goes. <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, but definitely a very. Yeah, Latin American flavour. And actually, yeah, that um, the guitar does sound quite like surf rock. Yeah. That was like 50s thing originally, wasn't it? I think so. I'm afraid my history of surf rock is poor, but... Uh, but then you had like a, a little bit of a revival in the late 80s, I guess, with Pixies. But this is before that, so... The lead guitar definitely sounds like something out of a Pixies song. Yeah, and then the vocals. 
like you say, very weird. Yeah, kind of, I was going to say screamy, but they're not screamy. Mm. They're so kind of buried. But they do cats, it's frantic, the right word. It's desperate, the right word. I'm searching for the wrong words. Kind of serious. There's a certain on-edgeness about yeah. them. Yeah. There is a certain on-edgeness about them. Yeah, uh, and he does sound like he's trying to sound a little bit um a little bit deranged um <laughs> uh, like he's he like he's doing a voice he doesn't sound like him no um plus i think it's also being processed through something like it's because there's just as well as being really low in the mix it's kind of distorted as well it sounds like either he's speaking or singing through a megaphone or through a walkie-talkie it has that kind of crackle to it Yes, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's an odd one, uh, like we keep saying. Uh, lyrics, there is not very much, because he doesn't start singing like until about, I guess, a minute in or so. Yeah, like two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's something like, is it I will hide and you will hide and we will hide together underneath the bunker... Uh, I can't remember what the next bit is. With a dog? Underneath the bunker with a dog. I made that last bit up, <laughs> It, it, it isn't with a dog, but it's oh, in, a, okay. in the row, it says. In the row? Okay. Yes. Hmm. In the row of bunkers? Yeah. Uh, and then it, the next line apparently is, I have water, I have rum, wait for dawn and dawn shall come underneath the bunkers in the row. Ooh. So bunkers, what do you think about when you think of bunkers? Uh, I think of I think of two things. But you go first. War. Yep. Particularly nuclear war. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and are there bunkers? Like survivalists? Is this what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, no, I was I was going to say I was going to say Hitler and that. Um, okay, interesting. That, that regular that regular uh, like meme. Oh yeah. Can it be a meme if it's a video? Uh, from, from downfall. Um, from downfall. Um, yeah. With the uh, late lamented. Oh, what's his name? Bruno Gantz. Yeah. And people just putting whatever. Uh, <laughs> Hitler is angry about. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is golf. Oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, obviously combine the two. What do you get? President Trump. Soon to be <laughs> ex-President Trump. Oh, you got you got that before me. <laughs> cheap, <laughs> cheap laughs, but we have to get It's okay. The election is over. Can. We can have cheap laughs at yep. his expense. Uh, so, yes. No, I hadn't thought of the golf connection. So this is about, because we've got water and rum, this is some about somebody going on a drunken golf session. Yep. It's not about war. No. Nope. It's about drunken golf. Yeah. And being so embarrassed about how badly that it's going that they're hiding somewhere. It could be about golf. It's like a precursor to night swimming. It's like drunk golf thing. <laughs> drunk golfing deserves a quiet night. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're hiding. They're just hiding on the golf course in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's usually plenty of foliage, so it's it's probably not a bad place to hide. Did you like this song, Ali? Um, not really. It's it's it does stick out kind of like a sore thumb. I mean, it's not like it's not like actively I hate it. It's just just a bit strange. This isn't my type of music normally. Which you know, apologies to any. Uh, Latin Latinx listeners, if this is something that you like, or anyone else who likes this kind of music that or if I am trying to do appropriating a culture, that is a good point. In which case, yeah, I am rightly denouncing them for being horrible. We do talk about track placement occasionally, and I wonder, yeah, whether this probably I guess this either ends the first side or start opens the second side, and I don't know which one it is. Yeah, this is a thing that I'm sure I could find out. 
Keep talking, I'll have a look. I will. Yeah, it does have the slight kind of quality of like, almost like a sonic palette cleanser. Like, we'll now do something completely different to kind of break up, like you say, maybe two sides of the album. So the previous track, Hyena, is very kind of high energy. Yeah. Uh, And then the following track is kind of a mixture of things but i i do feel like going straight from hyena into the next one doesn't feel like the most natural switch although this this feels like a this is so out of place that it doesn't feel like a particularly natural switch either no it's just like just this kind of oddity i'm i'm really curious how it ended up being a song that they came up with, particularly because it's a minute and a half. Were they just thrashing about in a practice session? This is, yeah, it does seem like it would be maybe you were, you were, they were jamming and they came up with this and went, oh, this is kind of fun. I mean, alternatively, they could have, it could have been the song they started to try and make longer and thought, this doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we'll still stick it on the album. According to Discogs, this ends side one as opposed to open side two. Okay. Which kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm. A bit, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't, it feels weird either way. Yeah, um, but it definitely makes more, more sense as a song to end side one than it would if it was a song to end the album completely. <laughs> if you put this as the last track, that just would seem like a, a very like, okay, we're going to just do something very random to close up. Yeah, it'd have to be like a hidden track. I know this is like pre, well, it's not really pre-CD strictly, but kind of pre-mass CD era where people started sticking hidden tracks on everything. Yeah, did people ever do hidden tracks at the end at, at the end of a, a vinyl, like where you just leave some space and then put something? Um, I think so. I know there are a few weird examples of like some Beatles albums, things that had extra stuff in the, like the, the end groove. Oh, okay. Because it's Sergeant Peppers or something that has, like, manic laughing in the end groove. Huh. And because cause, cause it just sticks in the end, it just never ends. Oh, okay. Hmm. Somewhere like that. So I think it was a thing. I think because tracks were less demarcated as they are on a CD, yeah. it was less common than just being like, oh, there's 13 tracks on the CD, but they only says there's 12 on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or occasional weird examples where you had to, like, rewind from the start, which, of course, wouldn't work on a vinyl because you could see it on the disc. Right, right. Kind of miss those days a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something, there's, as many people have said, appealing about physical media having to do a bit more to... I, I don't want to sound too old man about it, because there's many things that I really appreciate about the convenience of digital media. Yes. But yeah, there's there's like an element of surprise that has been lost, perhaps. But there you go, it's okay, we just take what we can get. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, this, does this song feel like slightly either parody or in in some other way kind of comedic a little i think it's tonally tonally i find it pretty hard to pin down Mm. because there's a certain like urgency i think particularly in the vocals and even like a certain i was going to say there's a certain kind of technicality to the playing that Mm. maybe isn't present in a lot of parody songs but that is obviously nonsense because uh, a lot of parody artists, I mean, Weird Al is maybe like a prime example, put huge amounts of effort and kind of technical, like playing ability, yeah, into their songs, despite the fact that they, you know, are meant to be silly. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think some something about like it feels like he's putting on like a a weird character for the purposes of the vocals. I do see what you mean. I think there's definitely it definitely feels like not. I mean, I'm I'm certain that not every REM song is written about like the members of the band REM. 
uh, or from personal life experience at all. But I see what you mean. It seems like a slightly different persona, I guess, to mm. kind of Michael Stipes' regular in inverted commas. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a very earnest song. No, no, I suppose it doesn't. Uh, and there's part of it is the, just the like over the top quality of the vocals. Yeah, it's like very intense. Anyway, it's, it's interesting. I think we've, we've spent quite a while talking about a song that neither of us liked that much. <laughs> no, but it is it, but it is so unusual that it's... Yeah, uh, it really is. ...some talking points. Yeah, I mean, I know that in the future albums we'll come across instrumentals and, and things, so they're still fairly sporadic. Mm. Automatic of the People is about the only album I can really think of off the top of my head. There's, there must be others that has sort of, I don't know, interludes. They're less intense than this, but... Yeah, I mean, we did have earlier on on i think it was it was somewhere on reckoning where there was mm-hmm. a there was a, an outro that was completely unrelated to the oh yeah i'm forgetting which Me track too, that was already a bad person <laughs> terrible reprehensible <laughs> it's not very good as an epithet though like or whatever it would be called you know like lynn the reprehensible <laughs> i'll take it if, if Ethelred or whatever can have the unready, I'll have the <laughs> reprehensible. Yeah. You know, I think it was the Dukes of Burgundy in the Middle Ages where all of their rulers were someone the something. Like, it was almost the convention. I could be wrong, but it, it just seemed that all of them had something. Like, I forget any of the names, but they would be called things like Charles the Fearless. Okay. So yes, yeah, associate a little bit. Obviously, your Russian history is much better than mine, but like Catherine the Great, etc. Yes, but random fact though, uh, yeah. both Catherine the Great and Peter the Great don't tend to be referred to in Russia as the Great. They're just Peter the First and Catherine the Second. So oh, interesting. The Russians themselves are a bit more ambivalent so <laughs> probably probably because both of those rulers like turned russia towards the west more than many russians are comfortable with yeah interesting anyway so that is two random tangents right at the end of an episode where it looked like we might not go on a random tangent at all we were so close we were so close we better wrap things up before a third tangent emerges Absolutely. But uh, thank you very much, listeners, for joining us. Yeah, get in touch, etc. The email address will be at the end of this podcast. Yes. And uh, thanks for listening. Really Indeed. appreciate it. Bye. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. gdgcpodcast at gmail.com. Me too. I was like, I'm so sorry. I feel bad about this.